Hello, and thank you for listening to this CD from River of Life Church. If you enjoy this disc, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or friend. Also, visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit riveroflifefl.com. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. How good it is to be in the house of the Lord and to be celebrating our faith and the birth of our dear Savior. The title of my message this morning is uh, kind of unusual. The title of my message is Spugs for Christmas. And I think you'll understand the title as I get into the message, Spugs for Christmas. I, I want to talk to you about a most fascinating and little-known chapter of American history. And I would bet that most of you here today have never heard anything about this, and it has to do with Christmas. And I think you'll find some of this rather humorous. I, I know I did. When I first ran across this, I could hardly believe it. And I just couldn't stop looking up articles and reading about it. There was a group of people in America a little over 100 years ago that got fed up with Christmas. Now, not the spirit... I've been heckled before, <laughs> but never this early in my message. <laughs> but, but this group got fed up with Christmas, not the spirit of Christmas, not the real meaning of Christmas, but the commercialization of Christmas that was putting pressure on people to buy gifts and to give gifts that they could not afford. Now, mind you, this was over a hundred years ago. Eleanor Belmont, a very famous lady from a wealthy family, and I'm sure, you, sure you've heard that name Belmont before, Belmont Park, Belmont Stakes, is the third round of the Triple Crown Horse Racing Championship, which her family owned. She was speaking in New York City, and she was speaking to a large crowd of working women, mostly clerks. It was early December 1912, and she asked this question, have you ever thought that true independence often consists of having the courage to say no at the right time? Now, that's a great question, isn't it? Maybe you should write that one down and teach it to your children. That's what she was saying. Have you ever thought that true independence often consists of having the courage to say no at the right time? And the focus of this meeting was not a women's liberation meeting, no. The focus of this meeting and what she had to say was all about the pressure that was being placed upon these hard-working women to buy gifts 
and to give gifts that they couldn't afford. She wanted them to just say no. And they had ears to hear. They were listening. And that day, a movement was birthed there in New York City. And they decided to establish the Society for the Prevention of Useless Gifts. I'm serious. And call it Spug. And they would be identified from that day forward as Spugs. The objective of Spugs, said Belmont, was to eliminate by cooperative effort the custom of giving indiscriminately at Christmas and to further in every way the true Christmas spirit of unselfishness and independent thought, goodwill, and sympathetic understanding of the real needs of others. Pretty simple, isn't it? She wanted them to stop wasting their money on gifts that they couldn't afford and when they could give, to give to things that really did matter. Spugs took off with a bang. A thousand women joined Spugs that very first day. And they became very well organized, establishing support groups inside the society itself. And they divided up into little groups that they call, and I'm not making this up, Spug squads. And they started wearing white buttons that had those four letters on it, S-P-U-G, spugs. They, they knew that the women would need encouragement and they would need accountability and they would need a support group if they would uh, stop following the demands of the commercialized world around them. Again, think about this a hundred years ago now. And so they had their spug groups. The headlines in the New York Times the very next day read this. Read like this, be a spug and stop foolish Xmas giving. The article in the New York Times that day read this way. Tell me, do you spend too much money during the holiday season? Do you drive yourself into tens of dollars of debt? <laughs> With the purchase of gym uh, cracks and gigos. Never heard those words before. I hope I pronounce them correctly. Also, are you an upstanding lady ready to angrily shake your umbrella? <laughs> then, gentle reader, you are a spug. The movement caught on quickly and started to spread and spug, and spug groups were popping up everywhere. A New York Times article from December the 14th, 1912 introduced the society's first branch for men led by none other than a former president, Theodore Roosevelt. One article said they waged a war that even presidents would join. A year later, as Christmas approached, the headlines read, The Spugs are on the warpath again. <laughs> Some critics said it was just a cover for tightwads and called them glumspugs. There, there's so much you can read about this. This, this is crazy. 
The comics made fun of them and said they would ultimately die from spugitis. <laughs> A few years after uh, the establishment of Spug, some society members tried to change the name to the Society for the Promotion of Useful Giving. One article said, we buy too much, spend too much, eat too much, and do too much. We are too stressed or too exhausted to really celebrate Christmas to really enjoy each other, to really participate in the joy of the season. Wow. Man, that pretty much describes us today, doesn't it? Well, friends, when you study the Bible and what the Bible has to say about celebrations, it's easy to see that when the Bible talks about celebrations, and by the way, it is God who establishes celebrations, that it is something for us to look forward to. It's something for us to enjoy. It's something that should bring a little bit of rest and relaxation to us. It's something that should comfort us. It is not. The celebrations that we read about in the Bible are not meant to leave us broke and tired and worn out and defeated. When we do it God's way, we don't end up that way. And, and, and spugs, sad to say, spugs eventually died out. And that really is a shame because they were not anti-Christian. They were not anti-giving. They were all about restoring the true meaning of Christian, uh, of Christmas and Christian consideration and Christian generosity. What do you think? You think we should revive it? Do we have spug leaders that would step up to the plate this morning? I'll be a spug leader. Wow. You know, when you read the Bible, giving is a very important part of Scripture. And it's something that the Bible talks about. And, and I know I've been joking about all this. By the way, everything I've shared with you is true. <laughs> I don't think he could make that stuff up. And, and, but, but giving and giving God's way and giving the right way and giving with the right spirit and, and caring about people and loving people and ministering to people and celebrating a grand and glorious occasion is biblical. Nothing could be more biblical than that. And, and when you think about giving, I, I just want you to understand that giving is biblical. And giving is God-ordained. And giving is something that we have to be involved in or we're not pleasing to God. But there's a right way to do it. And our giving should be motivated and inspired by the Word of God and by the leadership of the Holy Spirit and not a commercialized society that's driving us to do things that will leave us broke. That's not what God wants. Now... The Bible, let me just give you a little bit of history. The, the Bible uh, teaches us to give. 
If you were to go back and study the book of Nehemiah, especially around the 8th chapter, you'll find out that God called one particular day a holy day. And he said, this day will be holy unto the Lord. And what I want you to do on this particular day is I want you to give gifts to one another and take care of the poor. And and I don't want you to mourn. I don't want you to be sad on that day. And, And that's the passage of Scripture that we get that statement from, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. God wanted them to be joyful and wanted them to be giving gifts. I, I think the, the best passage of Scripture in the Bible to see the heart of God is in Esther chapter 9, verses 21 and 22. They were told to give gifts to one another, to establish among them that they should celebrate yearly. By the way, God is in favor of yearly celebrations. That they should celebrate yearly the 14th and the 15th days of the month of Adar, as the days on which the Jews had rest from their enemies, as the month which was turned from sorrow to joy for them, and from mourning to a holiday, there's nothing wrong with holidays, that they should make them days of feasting and joy, and what does it say? And sending presents to one another and gifts to the poor. You see, this was something that God established among the Jews. And the Orthodox Jews still celebrate that day. It's called Purim. And they still celebrate it today. God inspired wise men to give gifts to Christ when he was born. And uh, to understand giving is one of the most important things in our lives when we read the Bible. I want you to understand today that God ordained giving. That giving is God's design. That that God not only teaches it, He not only instructs it, He demonstrates it in His own uh, dealings with us. God was the first giver. He was the first great giver. If you please, and I don't think I'm being sacrilegious, God was the original spug. God has never given a useless gift. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Every gift God gives is a good gift. And one of the things that I thought that I would do this morning is I would stand before you and I would give you a complete list of all the gifts that God had given recorded in the Word of God. I found I couldn't do that. From beginning to end, God is giving. God is helping. God is pouring out. God is lavishing His love, His power, His glory upon the world. God was the original giver. And He sets the standard for us. Uh, Some of the things that God gives. He gives us life. Did you know that you're living and breathing right now because God has given you the gift of life? He has given the gift of His own dear Son. Christ was the gift of God to us. He's given the gift of eternal life to every last one of us who will receive it. He's given the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is given to all those who are redeemed of the Lord. And with that gift of the Holy Spirit, 
We receive multiple gifts with inside of that gift. The gift of love and joy and peace and victory in a dark and desperate and dying and defeated world. We have victory and that's a gift from God. We have the gift of angels. Angels who minister to us according to the word of God. I want to pause right here just for a moment because I I read a most interesting story the other day about a teenage girl that was the victim of a violent crime and she was beaten almost to death. In fact, they thought she would die. And I read her testimony and her story and she said while she was in the hospital and she was comatose, that while she was in the coma, a man came to her And he said to her, he said, you're not going to die. You will wake up, you will live, and you will recover, and you will live your life. And she asked, who are you? And he said, I am an angel. And I've come to tell you this. And I'm not just an angel. I'm the angel who has been with you from the beginning. I am the angel who was with you from the very first days of your life. She wakes up. And when she's able, she shares this story with her mom. And she says, Mom, I I met this man in my dreams. Uh, While I was asleep, it was a dream, a vision. I'm not sure what it was. But he came to me and he told me that I would live. And he told me that I would recover and that I would live my life and And he told me that he was an angel and he had been with me from the very beginning. But she said, Mom, I'm not sure it was an angel. And the mom said, why would you doubt it? Why would you you doubt this? Surely this is the kind of stuff we read about in the scriptures. And the girl said, well, I'm a little bit skeptical about it being an angel because of the way he looked. Her mom said, well, how did he look? And she said, well, he was, he was, the way he was dressed was funny. And he said, well, what do you mean it was funny? And she said, well, he had, he was wearing a white top hat. And she said, I've, I've never envisioned an angel with a white top hat. And she said, in fact, when I first looked at him, I laughed. And the mom began to cry. And she said, mom, what's wrong? And her mom said, do you remember anything about a hat when you were a little girl. And the mom said, no. I mean, I mean, and the daughter said, no, I don't remember anything. What about a hat? And her mom said, when you were just a little girl, just a little toddler, just beginning to talk, and, and I would hear you sometimes in your bedroom, and you would be laughing hysterically, and I would go in to check on you, and I would say, what are you laughing at? And you would say, I'm laughing at his hat. And she said, what do you mean his hat? And you would say he throws his hat up and he does funny things with his hat. And she said, I always thought that was just your imaginary friend. She said, maybe he has been with you from the beginning. Somebody's going to walk up to me after the service. And you're going to ask me, do I believe that story? And here's what I will tell you. This is what I believe, Hebrews 
Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Did you know that angels are all ministering spirits? They're gifts from God. They minister to us when we don't even know it, when we're not even aware of it. Angels are involved in our lives. All the gifts of God are so amazing. Moving on, the gift of anointed ability. Anointed and empowered ability. Did you know, according to the Scripture, we all have gifts? If you are a child of God, you have the gift of an anointed ability. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one has received a gift. You see, friends, every person who becomes a Christian, is given a gift from God. When you are born again, God gives you a spiritual birthday gift. And it is an anointed ability to do something for Him and for His glory and for the kingdom of God. What is your gift? You might ask, Pastor, what is my gift? I don't know what your gift is. But I know you have one. And I know one of the most exciting things about the Christian life is figuring out what that gift is and using that gift. I can tell you something about your gift. It is from God. It is a good gift. It will bless you. It will bless others. It will strengthen the church. It will glorify God. And I can tell you something else about your gift. God won't ever take it away from you. He won't ever take it away from you. According to Romans 11, 29, it says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Wow. According to the Bible, when Jesus returns, He will bring gifts with Him. In the last chapter of the Bible, we read these words, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to His work. You you see, friends, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, God is giving and God instructs us to give and giving is a part of who we are. What we need to make sure is that the world does not uh, taint and distract our giving so that it becomes secular. We need to keep our giving on a spiritual level. And by the way, I do believe you should give gifts to your children, and I believe you should give gifts to one another. And I've already said this before, you've heard me say this year after year, give token gifts of love to those who are already blessed of God and give extravagant gifts of love to those who are in need. That's the Christian standard. That's the way it should be done. But I'm just telling you all through the Bible, it's about giving and gifts. Paul summed it up when he said in 2 Corinthians 9.15, thanks be to God, For his indescribable gift. Now, if you read that in context, he's talking about a love offering, just like the one we did for Ethiopia. He's talking about the prayers of the saints. But I believe when Paul says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, it's all encompassing. It's about everything that God has done for us. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Gifts. Well, friends, that's what Christmas is all about. Celebrating the indescribable gift of God. 
this morning using the words of Isaiah, Luke, Matthew, John, and Paul. I want to remind you of the indescribable gift of God. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who will be born will be called the Son of God. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And she laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born? King of the Jews, for we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and true. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For by grace... You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Stand with me. Stand with me. One more time. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Pray with me. Father in Jesus. Thank you again for listening to this CD from River of Life Church. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit riveroflifefl.com.